Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndre Kiera, and you are now tuned in to a new episode of Just Let It Glow Podcast. Hey, guys. So, this week is going to be a little messy, and I haven't gotten real messy in a long time, but my weekend was a lot. The blogs had a lot going on. I don't even want to waste another minute. I just want to get into it. So, over the weekend, I decided to like make a dating profile just to see like how is it where it's going like you just never know like converse with people put myself out there meet people whatever because although like I'm not uh I'm more of an ambivert so I do go outside the house but I'm also like a very in my bubble in my shelter type of person for the most part but I do like to go out and stuff but what I noticed is and this happened a lot of time men will just stare at me the whole time the entire time and they won't say anything like not a word like they'll just stare at me the fuck down even to the point where guys have noticed me like they might follow me on social media but see me out and tell me that they saw me out, but didn't say nothing. I hate that. When it really take, but you know who always buy me drinks? Girls. Like, not even on, like, trying to beg, but like, oh, you're cute. I want to buy you a drink. Yes, let's take a shot. And I'm like, okay, let's take a shot. I buy a drink back. Like, it's nothing. But, like, men will just stare in my face or not say nothing at all. So I'm like, uh, let me just see. I don't want to keep, you know, doubling back, doubling back, playing whack-a-mole with the same people no more. Like, I just want to meet all new people. Like, you know, whatever. Y'all, I didn't realize that so many men in particular, because y'all know I'm straight, so I can't tell you how the ladies are on these apps. I wouldn't know. But so I'm speaking from my experience. The men are very weird. Like, that Kevin Samuel shit really is crazy. I'm going to read y'all one of these guys' prompts. So one of the prompts is like, don't hate me if I... So the guy says, call you out if I feel that you're not matching my effort as far as providing quality conversation, consistency, and promptness goals. 50-50 is a lot to X nowadays, so 60% me and 40% her overall works for me. Why would you put that on a date in it? Why, like, you are initially getting to meet people, and essentially, this is an app. That means I don't get a lot of, I don't let, let apps get a lot of notifications. Most people don't, and it's not something I'm opening up all the time. So we're not about to have an in-depth messaging back to forth when you're trying to get to know somebody. And you already just trying to do the most and trying to be like real extra. And if y'all saw this picture, y'all would be like, yeah, you you, you motherfucker tried it. Then, yo, this guy going to ask me, do I like for people? Can, can he call me DD? Like, what? Why would you ask? Like, if I say my name, which I didn't even say my whole name, I just said D, 
If I say my name is D, what the fuck would make you think that I want you to call me fucking DD? Like, why would that be the first question? Like, why would that be the first fucking question? Then it's this other guy. This motherfucker looked like a dry damn prune. He said he's six foot, but the pictures are given five three. Gonna say to me, are you gonna look this fine when I take you out with the tongue out emoji? Like the date the dating dating is so trash. Then then it's the guys that's like you should not go this guy says you should not go out with me if you don't know what you can bring to the table. They let me know right there that this shit is just not for me because the fact of the matter, I didn't grow up with men that act like this. This is a new brand of men. Maybe I just need to like learn how to be alone for the rest of my life. Maybe get down in the lady pond. Maybe not. Maybe just pray it away and become a nun. Because this shit here is ghetto. It's motherfucking ghetto. And from X and me, can you call me a, a nickname you made up? Talking about what you bring to the table, you need to be prompt and consistent with a fucking stranger. Talking about what you bring to the fucking table. Looking a hot fucking mess. And then say, am I going to look this fine? Bitch, I look this fine every day. Am I? The real question is, am I going to take you the fuck out? Am I going to let you take me out? I wouldn't even let you take me up the fucking street, bitch. You can't even take out my motherfucking trash, let alone take me the fuck out. Like, be for real. Like, I don't I don't understand it no more. I just don't understand it. Then, I even screen recorded this shit. So, I changed my location up because Philly was just giving bum city. I don't know. I just need to, I don't know. Maybe I just need to go to some weddings in the city this summer, just pop up and try to be friendly and meet people there because these dating apps, guys just have no personality, no real conversation, nothing. So I'm like, and self-awareness is such a real thing. I don't know why this man would put this on a date in it. I'm scrolling through his page. He liked me, like he liked my um profile or whatever. So before I'm, you know, match or whatever, I'm looking and I'm just like, I see his page. I see what, you know, his demographics or whatever. And I'm scrolling through the pictures and stuff. Like I have no real thought about it. It was just like, I'm oh, cool. Why the fuck I get to this fucking video he gonna say me it was like the prompt was like me in another life why the fuck is he in a dance studio pop locking but he off beat he look crazy as shit like what the fuck like why are you dancing like Omarion on a fucking date in it and you look about 50 pounds lighter this look like a old ass a long time ago, like 2012. Why the fuck is that on here? 
Then his frat shit is up. And it's just like posting all this frat stuff. And I'm like, see, this is what gets on my nerves because y'all are literally damn near 40 and still living your college days when you were on a fucking college dance team and you were the head nigga on your fraternity step team. It is a whole new decade, baby. It will be 10 years next year that I graduated college. Be fucking for real. Be for real. Like, I don't understand none of this shit. Also, the conversations are trash. The It's just not enough to make me be like, I want to keep talking. I want to have a conversation with anybody. All it makes me think is, I need to get my nigga back. That's all I hear. Every time I hear this, every time I'm on here, I need to get my nigga back. Then... <sighs> And then, like, I think it's highly inappropriate to send, like, the tongue out emoji. I just think it gets, like, creep, 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 creep. Like, this dating is funky, stinky, trash, wouldn't recommend all my friends that are in relationships. I just be like, if the, if the person ain't, like, abusive and they're just kind of annoying, just try to stick it out, figure it out a bit. You know what I mean? If it ain't a huge deal breaker. Figure it out because I'm telling you, it's really bottom of the barrel is giving you miss fucking trash day and the trash is fucking stinking a week later is giving nasty. Like I would never saying it's piss in a dating pool is an understatement. It's actually, that's actually a compliment for what it really is. It's giving nasty. Like, nasty 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 i just that was me so i'm more than likely going to delete it again i might keep it for entertainment purposes um but i'm gonna delete it and at this point i'm gonna just go back on focusing on me and staying in the gym eating right working you know my skincare routine you know things that make me happy reading a good book taking walks, hanging out here and there. I just feel like I need to get back in my bubble and I need to do the advice that I gave Megan Thee Stallion and that is stay in my house, stay in a bubble, focus on me and my goals, cut off communication with motherfuckers and pop out fine. I think that's the goal for me. I think I could give myself three months to to do that because this, this ain't it. You know, what else ain't it? So, speaking of dating, so I watched The Queen's Court on Peacock. It's starring um, Evelyn Lozada, um, Nivea, and Tamar Braxton, and they date amongst 21 men to find, like, that special someone. I'm not going to tell the story. I'm just going to sum it up with what I think about each person and their final choices. Nivea, I love Nivea. Nivea is, if you don't know, I feel like you wouldn't listen to my podcast if you don't know who, like, Nivea is, because, like, that means you hella young. But if, you, if you're if you young and you listen to this, Auntie going to school you real quick. She was a singer in the early 2000s. She has a lot of good songs, like Laundry Mad, Complicated, 25 Reasons is my song. So, yeah, she's a really, she's um the ex-wife of the dream and one of Lil Wayne Baby Mamas, so. You know, cool girl. She's super cool, super down to earth. 
Um, we talked about her on a show before last year when she was on the um, singing show. And we were sad when she left. But super cool girl, very down to earth. She ended up choosing herself. And because throughout the whole show, she couldn't make a decision. She liked guys, but the reason she liked them was very um, surface, I would say. Very surface levels. Like, she really couldn't, like, get into the whole dating thing with them at all. And she couldn't make a choice. And everything was just derived in passion and sex and that kind of thing. And I think she honestly just needed this space to, like, learn who she is as a woman and um, do what's best for her. So I really liked that for her. I honestly feel like somebody else should have just took this as a time to heal. So I, t- I think all of them should have. So Evelyn up next. Evelyn Lozada was the former Best Worldwide reality star. She has dated Chad o- She married Chad Ochocinco. They had they were married for 42 days. Um, they had a fight with in a car, which um, resulted in him headbutting her. Um, then she had a baby with that guy, Leo Crawford, the guy that's been on Megan Thee Stallion and making her life fucking miserable. She has a baby with him and she was engaged to him as well and a basketball player from back in the day. So she's on the show. Here's here's my thing. And I'm not trying to say that she's lying about Ocho Cinco abusing her because I was not there. However, I feel like she puts a lot of emphasis on that relationship, but also in the past has contradicted his character at the same time. Like there was times like where she was just like reaching out to him to to prove a point to a girl on the show or in contact with his kids. They have not been together that long. Um, just weird stuff that make me be like, hmm. I don't know, Bernie, but at the same time, I feel like she has had very tumultuous relationships, period, even after him. And I just feel like with all the shit that we had heard about Carl having like kids outside of her, kids right before she had her son, kids after she had her son. The fact that he torments fucking Megan Thee Stallion. She never says nothing about this motherfucker. Ever, but she goes in on Chad, and it's just like, I don't know. Like, yeah, that happened with you and Chad, but from what it seemed like, if it still bothers you as much, this incident bothers you, I don't know if you're ready to find what you're looking for. Because the passion is as if it's happened yesterday, but then the also the backtracking of the situation and using it, I feel like, when it makes sense, you know? But anyway, she goes on. I actually like the guy she picked. I just don't know. I like the guy she picked, but I don't like her for him. Because I just don't see it that Evelyn, like, would want to date him for real. I feel like ain't nothing about her that don't scream gold digger to me. And mind you, none of the guys are, like, bums. They're successful in their own right. But I just feel like when you date established millionaires of the magnitude in which she did, I don't know all the way if that's what you really want to do or if you're prepared, you know, to date somebody like that. I don't know. 
But I don't hate the guy. He seemed pretty decent from what we see. So now we have Tamar Braxton. So Tamar... All right, I have a love-hate relationship with Tamar. And it's not even love-hate. I got a love-irritant relationship with Tamar. I think she's a star. I think she can be very funny. I think that she's a beautiful woman. I think that she is extremely talented. Um, However, she has Mean Girl written all over her. She has trauma written all over her. She has narcissism written all over her. How she victimizes herself in situations in which she's not a victim. And on the show, she did it like twice. One being, this guy is like into spirituality. He's into like meditation. Um, He asks if he can like meditate with her and bring her to like peace or whatever. You know how people do. Like I do it in therapy, you know, whatever. He asks her if she can do that. She says, cool. They do it. She says that she felt like he tried to see her soul and it was manipulative and almost abusive. Like he abused his power and violated her. This is like the language she's using. And the guy is like taking a back like, wait, what? She was like, yeah, I just feel like you were trying to like manipulate me. And I've done meditation before and everybody who has done it has asked and they do it. And I've done the spiritual stuff before and I don't like it. But that, 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 that. And the guy is like extremely taken aback. And he's like, can you tell me like how I violated you? Like, can you explain it to me? And she couldn't really explain it. And then she was just like, you know, maybe I'm just afraid. Maybe I'm not ready to date. Maybe this was, he showed something in me. And it's like, yeah, but you already motherfucking, this man is a, a spiritual God coach, whatever, in real life. And you already put it out there that he fucking violated you. And people don't see stuff how it is. People take shit and run with it. You could ruin his fucking business. You could ruin his reputation. For you to just fly off the handle and just say stuff sometimes is so aggravating because she's in her 40s. And to see somebody in their fucking 40s still not understand that there are consequences to the things that you say and everybody it affects everything that you do. So if I'm going to say somebody violated or anything with me, I'm going to stand 10 toes down on it and I'm going to have, like, it's going to be a fact. It's not going to just be a feeling that changes with the wind. If I feel that way, I'm standing on it. Don't in the next breath be like, oh, you know, I did feel that way, but maybe it's because da 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 and you're a really good man and I think I want you to stay. Girl, what? Then it was this clown guy on there. There was like a comedian the whole time playing around. Tamar did not like him. She kept him until he was the last two. When she clearly liked the guy she chose, which is this man named JR, who happens to be a white, very smooth guy from New Orleans. Very like, he, you could tell he done grew around black people, but not like 
not like on no like Malibu's most wanted shit, but just like a man who happened to grow up, a white man that happened to grow up around black people, but not like, not like that, not giving Malibu's most wanted. But um, she clearly liked him from the jump. She didn't really give a lot of effort or attention to any of the other guys. Not saying she had to, but you could just tell like this guy she chose is like the guy she liked from the very beginning. So she basically wasted this guy's time. Like he could have got to know some of the other girls when she just didn't, she knew from the jump, she didn't like him, you know? And um, she ended up picking the guy JR. At first, I ain't gonna lie, I liked JR. I thought he was like, he had smooth, he was smooth. He had a little swagger about him. However, what pissed me off was I don't like for people to talk at women, you know? Like, you're talking at her. You're not actually taking the time to get to know her or for her to get to know you. And everything was just a smooth line, smooth player talk, like pimp talk. He's a lawyer. Um, it was just giving very pimp talk to me. Like, wasn't really no real... They didn't really share a big connection under, other than obvious obvious attraction to me um like the last episode he opened up a little bit but I just still feel like uh okay whatever so Tamar is rude as fuck on this show I ain't gonna hold y'all one of them boys mamas she was rude as fuck to that boy she got mad because she ain't want to meet nobody friends or family got mad when they were when the ladies were required to bring their friends and family, gonna say she ain't wanna bring, invite nobody in her life because she a grown ass woman, can't nobody tell her what to do. <sighs> just bucking the system. She's just fucking frustrating. Then on the show, after I feel like they only filmed for like three weeks at max, the guy JR proposes to her. He proposes on the show. Apparently, they're still together. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, y'all. I was choking. But yeah, apparently, they're still together. And she drags. It's It's just a drag. I just feel like you want to be like, I'm a mom first and da-da-da-da-da. How the fuck you get engaged to somebody you just met that your family didn't meet, that your son didn't meet, you didn't meet his family? Like, Evelyn wound up choosing her guy, but they basically were like, let's just see how it works between us. Then we'll go from there. They wind up eventually getting engaged in December. I think the show was filmed sometime last year or whatever. Like, sometime in the summer. I'm not totally sure. I think it was in the summer because they were filming in Atlanta and it was hot. So, I think it was the summertime. So, um, it's just like you... It's like you make stupid bitch decisions all the time. And what pisses me off with her is like... There is that shit of saying... And I'm going to get into it later. But when you keep screaming, I change... I'm healed. I done the work. It makes me question if you really did it. If you've really done the work. And we could get into that a bit more. 
I just don't see this situation working out in her favor because I don't think she's ready for what this is. And I don't think she vetted this guy long uh, long enough or anything for real. I, I, I don't know, Bernie. The jury out on it. I don't really like it. I, I don't feel it. Speaking of Tamar, she just always find her shit in drama. And a lot of these conversations are about to like circus around the fu- surface around this fucking circus that she done fucking created for herself. And it's motherfucking frustrating. So t- it was he so Candy, I mean SWV and Xscape has the show on Bravo. We done talked about it. I don't wanna go into this detail of why SWV and Xscape were going back and forth about money. I don't really care about none of that. Watch the show, y'all. It is what it is, right? Business is business. Respect is respect. And there's always a way to go about things. So Tamar and Candy, though. Tamar, a few months ago, like, basically insinuated that somebody from the Real Housewives of Atlanta and their husband approached her and tried to fight her. Remember, she said they tried to fight her. She wouldn't say was who, right? She goes on Watch What Happens Live this weekend to promote her new show. A fan asks her. She says it was tied in Candy. The next day, people are like, you know, Candy did not threaten her. Da 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 da. Next morning, she get upset. She tweeting. Mind you, Candy didn't say nothing. Candy, she Tamar is tweeting and she like, and before y'all start, what she did, her her husband did try to fight me and I don't have no reason to lie because I bet you she's not going to speak on it like she normally do because Candy has a YouTube channel called Speak On It where she addresses things in the media or she does interviews, right? Whatever. Still, Candy didn't say shit. This lady then decides to go on Instagram Live and detail what happened between her and Candy. So what had happened was... She has spoke on Candy in regards to Candy stating that Carlos King tried to still escape life story and create a miniseries on TV One without their knowledge. Candy and Ty, I mean Candy and Carlos King were really good friends, and he was an executive producer on um on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and him and Todd had like a um a business relationship as well. So, Candy was upset and talked about that, how hurt she was, right? Tamar then goes on Dish Nation and basically was like, something in the milk ain't clean. I don't know. Like, I don't know if he really did that. Like, basically, in layman's terms, you was calling Candy a liar. She feels like she was saying, basically, that um, she don't know both sides of the story. She, no, I watched the clip today and I know, I knew it when I seen it before months ago. She said what she said. You said that something in the milk ain't clean and that you feel like it's more to the story. And you don't think basically that Carlos had a reason to do that, right? Then she wrote in her Instagram story, basically saying like, my friend Carlos King don't have a reason to steal from nobody, basically. Allegedly, I'll say. And therefore, Escape and Tamar had an R&B show in another city a few weeks later. she Tamar come out of her dressing room. She see Candy. She like, hey, boo, hey. 
And Candy basically pressed there and was just like, uh-uh, don't do that fake shit. I don't fuck with you. So Tamar is saying that they started, she was trying to apologize. Tamar, Candy was like, no, this is the type of shit you do. They going back and forth. Candy is irate. She says, Tamar says she didn't argue back with her. She was trying to defuse the situation. Which is like, Tamar, we have watched you for over 10 years. There is nothing about you that's given that you let Candy cuss you the fuck out. But in the event that you did, her cussing you the fuck out and telling you to stand on the shit you say, and the fact that you always got your fucking nose in other people's business is not the same as her trying to fight you. You are doing dog whistles. I fucking can't stand it. That is one of the things with Tamar since I started watching the fucking Braxton's that I can't fucking stand. She always gaslighting and she always doing dog whistles. That does not mean just because a bitch say, oh no, you were talking shit. You basically called me a fucking liar. You doubled down on it. You did not reach out to me for real. And you like to play this game where you can be fucking nasty to everybody. And people are supposed to show you fucking love. And the thing is, she does that shit with her sisters as well. Tamar, you have consistently been nasty. And honestly, whether you changed or not, the facts are the facts. These are similar patterns to what you've done in the past. And people can only believe what they show you. Then she says, Todd came up tried to get candy or whatever. And she says that Todd looked at her, Candy's husband, and was like, you already know what it is. So she thought that was a threat. I think if Todd did say that, I feel like it sounded like he was saying, you know what the fuck you did. And that's one of the things that aggravate me with her. Mind you, she says all of this. Candy posts um, Wednesday Adams clip. Um, where she was just like, you'll always be a victim. You're, you'll be a victim your whole life. Tamar then goes on a deep end, going in on Candy, saying she's the least talented person. She can't sing. She sound like Billy Gold Gruff. She don't fuck with her. You know, she'll sink her under the table. All kinds of shit. And the thing is, Tamar, oh, that victim word, it triggered me. Stop using fucking therapy terms, bruh. Like, you are a bully. And you did this same shit with your sisters on that show. You have done that. You did this shit to uh, K. Michelle. You threw fucking everybody on the reel under the bus. You keep shit going on. You got mad at Monica, Tiny, Toya, the whole fucking Atlanta. Like, you always doing shit. Always doing shit, and it's so frustrating because you continuously play the victim and the villain at the same time. Words to motherfucking Beyonce that Beyonce probably had to be talking about somebody like her. It is so frustrating to, and I and I know people like this that incite drama, watch it unfold, and then turn into the victim when people make them stand on what they say. It is no way, shape, or form. In which you're about to tell you my face and be the victim and the villain. That don't work that way. You gonna if you got got something to say, like if I say this happened to me, 
you know. Like what I said about Evelyn. I didn't say it didn't happen. I just said that her relationship is weird. Her The way she views that relationship versus other relationships is weird. But whatever I say, I'm going to stand 10 toes down on it. If you don't, if that lady on God's green earth listens to this podcast, I see her. I'm not going to be like, hey, Evelyn Boo. Like, and that bitch can, but if I did, and she like, girl, fuck you. I heard what you said. I'm be like, respect, okay? Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck you too, you know? That's just how life is. <sighs> like, then Tamar says she is a five-time Emmy-nominated journalist, and she does not go, just go with what anybody says. And this is where delusion comes in. On The Real, yes, The Real was nominated for five Emmys and you were a host on The Real, so you were nominated for an Emmy. However, and this has been a thing for a long time that I've been wanting to talk about, y'all are not journalists. Y'all are not fucking journalists. You did not go to journalism school. You do not, um, you do not deliver the news. You are not unbiased. You are not a person of that trade. You didn't take the journalism oath. You're not a part of the secret society of journalism or whatever it is. You're not a journalist. And what y'all are doing by saying this, there are people that go to school that does investigative journalism for real. Because Portia said this shit too when she was on The Breakfast Club talking about something she does investigative journalism. Y'all are media personalities and that's it. You are a media personality, okay? Whoopi Goldberg is on the real. Whoopi Goldberg is a media personality. Sunny Anderson is a journalist, okay? Oprah Winfrey is a journalist, right? Wendy Williams is technically a journalist because she got her degree in it, right? However, you know, who else? Adrian Byline is a media personality. Ellen DeGeneres is a media personality. Y'all are not fucking journalists. Portia, you're not a journalist. Tamar, you're not a journalist. Gail King is a fucking journalist. Tamron Hall is a journalist. Angela Yee is a media personality. DeAndre Kiera is a media personality. I am not a journalist. I do not provide the news. I provide entertainment and I talk about the things that are in the news. That is what you do. Like, don't get shit confused. Like, you're not a fucking journalist. And the fact that you can say that with clear breath it lets me know that you live in delusions of grandeur and nobody can reach you while you're at that place. Um, also, what do I want to talk about next? I got a lot on the docket. All right, so I watched this TV show called Grown and Gospel. I saw clips of it on the internet and it really aggravated me because I just feel like some spaces really shouldn't have... I feel like you shouldn't use reality TV in certain spaces. And I feel like playing around with religion and um, church and things like that 
it really, some people just don't need to be on television. I say this all the time. Some people don't need a reality show. And I feel like as to watch that show and the clips that I saw, right? And I watched a good portion of it. I don't like how it's going. And I just feel like y'all need to change the type title. Y'all just need to be motherfuckers from Detroit and not this growing and gospel thing because y'all don't need to use that word gospel in the title. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the gospel to me brings holiness. And there's nothing holy to sit there and berate and judge somebody and talk crap on people on a show that is centered around children of gospel greats, right? It's basically about, like, it's like growing up hip-hop, but with gospel people and people in the churches and children of, like, mega mega church pastors and whatever in Detroit. And when I watched it, and I don't remember everybody's name, but they were, it was a couple people talking mad crap about um, Fred Hammond's daughter. Fred Hammond is a, never would have made it, yeah. So his daughter and about how she had no fashions and how um she looks a mess. One girl says she looks Salvation Army-ish while she was given very much dots. Like it's the audacity for me. And personalities like this is why people are fearful of joining churches or congregating in person or wanting to, you know, join a church because of the cattiness that's displayed on this show. What happened to come as you are? Mind you, it's nothing wrong with the way this lady looks. She's a very pretty lady. Nothing wrong with what she was dressing as. It's just that y'all go to church to look nice. Some people are trying, there are people, in my old job, I had a conversation with somebody and the lady was telling me how she got clean. And what happened was she was high out of her mind and she was withdrawing really bad. She went into a church um, and this lady like pulled her into a bathroom, like cleaned her up, you know, whatever, and called like, now I want to get her some help and stuff. The lady like went back to check on her. Like this lady sat and prayed with her and everything. Um, and it, you know, the when she got clean, she wound up going back to the church. The lady remembered her. And it was just like a very beautiful story, right? Whatever. Then y'all nowadays use everything as a fucking fashion show. And y'all think that y'all are so like, it is so tea that you can sit there and judge somebody based off of fashion in a church. Be fucking for real. And then y'all are like, oh, you know, we want younger people in a church and we want to increase membership. Not acting like that, you're not. Not displaying stuff like that, you know, and it's very disgusting to watch. And I don't know, I'm pretty sure I won't be watching it anytime soon in the future. I'm not, I'm not there for it. All right, next. Now it's time for put a little glow on it. So this week I want to talk about Krishan Rock, right? And I talked about it on a live where I just was like, you know, I can't keep this. It's not entertainment what she and Blueface got going on. And honestly, it's she's pregnant now. 
And I feel like y'all probably saw the blogs of him like saying she needs to get an abortion, that he don't want the baby and all this other stuff. And I'm not even going to go into detail with this, but I'm just going to say if I was on her team, this is honestly what what I would do. I would get her the fuck away from Blueface, number one. Not only that, get her the hell away from Zeus and get her the way, hell away from Natalie Nye. It is something about them that just don't seem right. And I feel like that exploiting stuff that they try to do with her, I don't fool with it either. To give them both a show, knowing that this shit is high-key abusive in nature is very, very, very sketchy. Um, I would get her away from Blueface as much as possible and get her, like, like I said, real therapy, a rehab or whatever. I don't know if she used drugs, but, you know, you go to rehab for mental health and just detox her from this toxic situation because she's not dumb. She knows that this situation is not healthy. However, from the clips I've seen of her family, I think, and I said this before, when people are so used to being abused, they don't know what feels different. You know, they don't know what different looks like. And I really feel like she needs to be placed outside of that environment, take care of her kid. Her song is pretty popular. People love her, her personality. She's a very pretty girl. I've seen the Betty's show when she's not like spiraling. She has a pretty good personality. She's not, you know, always nasty. She knows how to act when she's supposed to. And she knows the shit she do is bullshit. And she's very aware of what she does. And she's very aware of her religion and things like that. I would get her out of that. I would get her her own reality show with her baby, her rebuilding things with her family. I would have her have a conversation, you know, with a life coach. I would like to see her have, like, real life friends, rebuilding her relationship with her parents and her um, siblings through therapy. You know, just her trying to be grounded and working on on the studio, trying to make music. I just think that she could be a lot... I I just pray that this baby is the blessing she needs and the wake up call she needs to get the hell away from him. And I remember um, a month ago, I had went to a book signing for the Ellis's and um, Deval and Kadeen Ellis, their uh, media personalities. And I went to their book signing. And one of the things that Deval said that, you know, as a husband, or a, a man having a child with a woman, one of the most important things is to be there during the pregnancy and to really provide support because it's a lot of stuff happening and it's the closest you can become to death, right? And I oh, I took that and I said, no, that's coming from a man, right? And then he said, it's the year after, you know, you have a baby, like the year of post-baby that you really need to have a really good partner because as a woman, you're not sleeping, you know, you're not eating, you don't feel like yourself, your organs had them rearranged. It's a lot going on. And if you can't lean on a person that you're in a relationship for support, then what is it that you can do? 
And I just pray that Krishan takes this time to remove herself from said situation because I don't think he's going to make this easy for her. And I think he is a very sadistic personality and he enjoys embarrassing her. He hates that people like her personality, but he um, abuses it. You know, he sees it as beneficial for him. So, yeah. I, I I would really just have her have that type of situation and then just see where her career can go. I think that there might be, she might wind up finding a really good friend that actually wants the best for her, but I don't think it's any of the people that she's currently around. Uh, so yeah, that's how I would throw a little glow on for her. So for the glow up topic. Okay. So I touched on it a little bit when talking about Tamar, right? And this, and it's not just Tamar. I feel like a lot of people have this talk about being healed. And I just feel like, or changed and healed. And I feel like as much therapy as I've been in lately, you know, or a lot of people, I feel like that word, it should never be healed with ED. It should always be healing. I am healing. I am better than I was before, but I'm still a work in progress. I'm still growing. I'm still changing. I'm not totally changed because we are who we are as people. And healing is such a a crazy process, right? Because some stuff after a while, after doing therapy, after doing spiritual work, after, you know, being grounded, you start to realize so much other layers, right, of stuff, things you bury so deep that you don't even think about, um, reasons why you react to things that you react to, um, triggers, new triggers come up all the time, you know, triggers of the past, and you don't even know why you're upset, but it upsets you so much. Um, knowing that just not, like, here's the thing. You can't just tell me that I'm me, right? That I say, you know, like for Tamara, for example, saying that she means she's mean doesn't mean shit. You need to break down like you're me because somebody hurt you, you know, like you're hurt. And so you hurt people before they can hurt you or if they hurt your feelings in the slightest bit. You react like this because you want them to feel the way you feel and you can't stop. And you hit below the belt and you don't have boundaries because you feel like they didn't have boundaries with you, right? So that's a healing thing. That's not an ED. Because I'm going to tell you, shit comes up every day, especially when you're like growing as a person, you're meeting new people, you're around people that have been in your life for a long time and the things that they do, do you probably used to do or they used to do shit towards you and you never like paid too much attention to it and now you like no that actually bothers me I really don't like when you do that you know and that's nothing you really thought about that they could just be like I always do that and you like but I don't like it and you have to deal with the fallout from that conversation like healing is such like it's not just A to Z, like it's A point one. I feel like I'm on A 
I'm on A20 of healing. If this was like bullets, I'm in heading A, bullet 10. <laughs> like there is not like an end result. It's going to keep happening and happening and happening. And I feel like people that are like, I change, I change, I've done the work, I went to therapy, I'm healed. It's like, no, you feel like you did as best as you could for what you got and you're done. You're that it seems like you got tired of healing, that you feel okay with who you are as a person and you stopped. You didn't want to get any better than what you were. You feel like you're just a little tad bit nicer than what you were before. And you felt that that was more than enough to quit, you know? Or that you're not ready to do the deeper work, but to scream out healed and changed. And it's like, no, these are changing, healing. You are healing. One session is not going to fix it. A session a week is not just going to fix it. It's going to help you use the tools to deal with your issues. Right, because these issues don't go away, you know. If you are an addict, you're gonna always be an addict. But therapy, AA, NA, a sponsor is going to help you deal with your addiction and your recovery. Nobody ever says I'm a recovered, such and such. I am a recovering. It's a work. It's work every single day. And it's a reason that we use that vocabulary because we don't want someone to say, I reached the mountaintop. I'm done. I'm done. I don't need, I don't need no more healing than what I got, you know? And if that's how you feel, that's great. But when you start screaming because you want to see people, you want people to see the change in you. You want to see people that you're a different you. The right people going to see it. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to go into detail. Like, I tell y'all all the time, it is some shit. I had some shit with me before, baby. But I can't go into detail about how different I am. Because to be honest, a lot of shit can still pop off right now. <laughs> I don't think I'm that far removed. But what I do feel like I have done the work to remove me from set environments that I don't go back to how I was, you know, my former self. Or, you know, me a couple of years ago. But that me is still very present. Shit can go left every single time. I'm going to therapy for anxiety. That does not mean that I no longer have anxiety. What it means is I now can acknowledge my anxiety. I now know I have different tools in my arsenal to use for anxiety. I know that if... It gets to a point where I can't control it with the tools that I have. I know what to do. You know, same with depression, um, over being overwhelmed or people pleasing. That doesn't stop. Like a lot of shit is just going to keep coming up, you know. Um, one of my former roommates in college uh, has an eating disorder. And she had made a post a couple of years ago about like, how every day is a challenge. And while she has no desire to want to be the person she was before, everything is a trigger to her, you know? And everything is a process. And, you know, she still has instances where she might have body dysmorphic thoughts and 
you know, feel like she ate too much because she's full. She feels full. You know, these are just things that aren't going to stop. She might not be harming herself in the same way, but these thoughts don't stop. Anxiety don't stop. You know, depression doesn't. But you now know how to utilize those tools. You know how to ease. You know how to move forward. You know, you know how to push past it a little bit more, how to acknowledge it, know what it is, what it feels like, know what it feels like. I always say this. I remember I felt so weird. Um my freshman year, second semester of school, I just was not myself. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I didn't have the language for it. I didn't know anything. Now that I'm older, I'm like, girl, you were depressed. And you were high functioning depression. And I didn't have the language for it. Now, when I feel that way, I can be like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't like how this feel, you know, this is what I'm going to do to get out this funk. This is, you know, this is, I don't want to feel like that ever again. Like I need to talk to somebody. I need to tell somebody how I'm feeling right now because I know I don't feel good. You know, like this is a lower than what my usual lows are. Back then when I was 18, 19, I didn't know. Right. I had no idea what that's what I was going to going through. And it was prolonged because I had no idea what the fuck was wrong with me. And I was constantly getting sick and things like that because my body, like I just didn't have it in me. I kept having migraines. I just barely was eating. I kept trying to be my outgoing self and it just was not working. I didn't know what the hell was wrong with me. Now, being 32, going through therapy, and even just before therapy, just reading on things and knowing uh, certain signs and understanding that I'm able to look back like, oh, whoa, like, if only you had that language back then, you know? But that doesn't mean, just because they haven't gotten to that point in a couple years, does not mean that I no longer feel depression. I just know at the first sign, like, okay, you're having like a little small, a small panic attack. This is what you have to do. Or you're feeling anxious or you feel a little down in the dumps. You're going to feel that feel. Depression might have won today. You might just not be in a mood to be around or do much today. You need your rest. But tomorrow, we're going to get up. Tomorrow, we're going to cook a meal. Today, we just might order out. Today, our biggest accomplishment might just be taking a shower and brushing our teeth. And that's a big-ass accomplishment if you've ever been depressed, <laughs> is to get out and stand up and bathe and shower and brush your teeth. And, you know, like, because you don't really, when you when I feel depressed, I just want to sit there. But it's like every step is a step forward to my healing journey. I can't say... You know, I'm totally healed. I'm totally changed. I am still who I am at the core, but I am every day doing the work to not be that person. I can't say, you know, in the past I had abandonment issues. I have abandoning issue, abandonment issues that I'm working through that 
although they're there, I'm pro- proceeding with it. I understand it. I recognize it. I know when it comes up. I know how to acknowledge it. I know how to express myself, you know, but it doesn't change the fact that it's there because I didn't do that to myself. Somebody did that to me, you know, and I just get very anxious when people scream, I'm healed. I change because to me, it seems like, you know, anybody can go to therapy. Therapy don't help everybody because everybody not honest. So if you're if you're not honest with who you are to yourself, therapy can only change but so much. Like when you get in therapy or you get into your healing and your spiritual journey, you have to face some hard ass truths about yourself. And I'm going to tell you, my first therapy sessions this lady had me read this goddamn book and i was motherfucking offended when she made me read it i said what the hell about what i told her make that make it seem like i'm anything like what's described in this book i put that shit down i was fucking livid i went back to therapy but i was just like i don't think that describes me and i was over it and we just started talking about other stuff months later i picked that book up again and i read a little bit I said, well, I'd be goddamn. This shit just described me to a motherfucking T. <laughs> and it made me like acknowledge like, oh yeah, while you know yourself, I don't think you know yourself like <laughs> like you should. You you might have to do a little bit of work, girl, because this shit just described you down to a T. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not as blunt as I was when I was like 21, 22. And in that regard, I'm not the same, but I can still be very blunt. (laughs) You know, I can be still be, you know, I actively choose not to say what I want out my mouth. I don't, I actively choose not to be nasty. I actively choose not to reciprocate a lot of energy, but that don't mean that that ain't my first reaction is to, hit people with low blows, you know, or to be like, you got like go in, curse somebody out and not care. I choose not to do it for my own well-being because it takes a lot of energy in me. And that's not the way I want to be perceived. And I know that it's not attractive. And I know when you do that, it takes away the meaning, like your whole principle behind it. Because nobody's going to sympathize when you constantly are the villain, you know, when you don't have control over your emotions and you're just spiraling and you're being me. I know that. So I choose not to do that. I just choose to remove myself. I'm a right. I'm a journal about it. I'm going to let you be great. I'm going to talk to my therapist about you and I'm going to move on. Because if I go, if I feed into the curse you out, yell, scream, and fight. I'm going to keep thinking about it all the time, and I'm going to always think about what I should have said or, you know, whatever. So when, like I said, I think that we should kind of change the vocabulary a bit to, you know, an I-N-G and not an E-D on things because everything is just going to keep going around in a circle. We have to continue this work. It's a lot of work, you know, like going to the gym, I have to work out as a part of my lifestyle because the way that my body is set up, 
I can't afford not to mentally or physically not to work out. That's something I'm just learning that no matter what I have to, for my mental health and my physical health, I have to do some sort of exercise. I have to move my body. It don't matter if I lose the weight or the inches that I, I'm looking to lose. For my mental health, I have to move my body. For my physical health to stay in shape and stay healthy, I have to move my body. It doesn't stop. And I think once we start thinking about things like that, it does not stop, you know? Nothing stops. We still, I graduated from college, but I still want to be educated. I read up on things. I learn new things every single day. Education didn't stop in the classroom for me, you know, and for none of us, really. We learn new shit every single day, stuff that we didn't even learn in school. So everything is continuous. That's the word I've been looking for. Healing is continuous. It's not an end in sight, right? And every day that you choose to show up for yourself and do what's best for you, and put work, put forth the effort is a part of your healing process. Even if you backtrack on Thursday, Friday you can choose to be a better person. Saturday you can choose to be a better person. You could just say, you know, that was a bad day, but I ain't about to feed into this no more. Every day is a choice. And that is what I'll leave you guys with this week. So if you like the show, please rate and review on Apple. Um, I believe you can review on Spotify as well. So check us out there. We are streaming on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. Um, We're just growing in the world. If you would like us on another podcast platform, just send me an email. Um, Also, I want to get some letters from you guys. So send me some Let It Go Sis letters. Send me some advice that you might have, any questions. Um, opinions on the show, on topics that we may have discussed, story times, all of that good stuff, email us at justletitglowpie at gmail.com. Also, if you have a business that you would like to promote on the podcast or on our Instagram, please feel free to to email me at justletitglowpie at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram and that is JST let it glow um our twitter is jay just let it glow uh i appreciate you guys always always cheers to you know your glow it's the spring let's all glow and show up for ourselves this season bye